subject of healing. And uh, what I like to do with ministry is not just to, to do what I believe God shared with me to do, but also to let you know that we are all in this together. And God wants to use every one of us. And we use only those who are willing. It's not whether God is willing. It's whether you are willing. Most of the greatest hindrance for believers is the fear of man. What people will think. If I step out and nothing happens. As long as you cannot overcome that fear, it's hard for God to use you in anything, in any area. Uh, the fear is never from God. Because God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and a sound mind. I say it again. A sound mind. That's a mind that cannot be tricked. I have a sound mind. I can hear from God. I recognize the devil's speech. I can understand when he speaks. And I can tell the difference when God is speaking. Because God gave me a sound mind. That's a constant thing that I do. I always tell God in prayer from time to time, I have a sound mind. I can't be depressed. I just don't tolerate that. That's never for me. I have difficulties. Constant they come. You have to be a pastor to, be, to understand the things that you have to go through. And what's, what's coming to you constantly. How you know, handle it just briefly over it. I can't be depressed. That's never a part of my life. It's just totally impossible. Do I, am I tempted to be depressed? Yes. Constantly. And I'm not going to accept that. That's never a part of my life. I have a sound mind. Amen. Beyond that, I have the mind of Christ. Have you heard that scripture? I have the mind of Christ. What you accept is what's going to be a part of your life. God has 7,000 promises in this world. You can read it and just go by, by it. And be satisfied with your Christian faith. But the true thing is, blessed are they who, are hung, who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. As long as you have no hunger in a particular area, God can do much in it. So I always pray, God, give me an hunger, change my mind. I can tell God's really at work in my life. I can tell, not because, you know, I'm a Christian. But my desires and what I want God to do for me and for our church is growing. And I can tell God's doing the work. And uh, more so, I, I, I think I understand where I'm going. And I understand what can stand in my way. And by the grace of God, I can overcome and so you make up your mind, I'm going to keep going. I want to talk about healing tonight again. But I want to talk about it just to show you some secrets from the Word of God. So that you can, if you want, God can use you in that area. It's not just uh, physical healing, but emotional healing. 
God can heal you emotionally so that you're not tormented by these things that are coming at you. The devil lies. And his lies appear to be the truth. Because if it's not, you won't be concerned by it. You won't get depressed by it. And he shows you things that seem real natural. And they are natural. They are real before your eyes. But it's a lie. It's a lie. And if you buy into it, slowly he'll destroy you. I say it again. Only two areas of your life the enemy is after. Your mind and your body. And everything that he presents to you will appear very real. Both to your body, what you feel, the symptoms and all of that, and what it does to your mind. The things that are happening in your life and in your home. They seem so real, and, but if you recognize them and come against the enemy, then you have victory. That's just this way this thing is. I, it's, it, you know, people want everybody to just be, I'm not going there. I've been there. I don't play the humility thing. Do you understand what I, no, for, I don't play humility thing. I don't think more highly, I don't know what. I just follow Jesus. That's the important thing. And I'm not going to, this is the issue. I'm not going to try to please anybody. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to change me to please you. I've changed me to please him. That's the way it's got to be. And if you're trying to change somebody to please you, you are in witchcraft. Manipulation. Doing things to make them comply and do what you want. You are practicing witchcraft. And God sees it. And that's one of the greatest problems in the church. A lot of Christians are practicing witchcraft, trying to manipulate pastor, manipulate their wives, manipulate their husbands to get them to do what they think is the right thing to do. You're not God. Come out from that throne. Let God be God. You change and the other person will change. That's the thing. I'm going way, way off, but that's how I'm feeling. But this is a real problem in the church. People wanting to change people. And they do all these manipulation things because they, they're doing stuff, what they consider right, the holy thing to do. And so you, you want to change the person, but I think the best thing to do is change you. Amen. And the other person will be changed. If you don't get, if you're not changed, you're just wasting your time. The person doesn't know what you're doing. You're just making life miserable for him or her and yourself. And God is not involved. Because that's not the way God wants you to change your mate or your friend or your brother or your sister or your pastor. Pray for them. And wait for God to change them. <laughs> Manipulation is a strong problem in the church. This is really hindering the Holy Spirit and grieving him because we are, we, we are just strong in doing these things. don't know why I went there, but I think there may be somebody here tonight that needs to hear that because God's not happy with what you're doing and you're hurting him and hurting everything around your life and that thing is dying. It's not going to be healed. Until you change. You need to change. Humble yourself. 
Humble yourself before God. None of us know it all. I am as righteous as God is righteous. Because I have the righteousness of Christ. And I'm wanting to be changed from glory to glory to become what he's made me to be. And he's not through with me yet. So today I was thinking, this is just the beginning. God's still doing work in my life. There's still ways, ways to go. But I'm happy where I am. Because I'm better than what I used to be. I, I've been moving from that area and going where God's wanted me to go. So it's very important. Amen. But let me go back to my message. I call it the healing gospel. The healing gospel. Serving God means separation from sickness. I want to talk about healing. I don't talk a whole lot about it, but I need to talk about it. I like to talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. That's what I used to. I preach on that everywhere I went and pray for people. And sometimes as a pastor, I really can't do that now. So I wrote a book. So if you can ask me a question, get the book, read it. <laughs> he has a lot there for you to read and grow by. If I have opportunity, I'll share that. But I don't have to go there. But the same thing with healing. I want to share about that because I believe God has shown me a lot about this area. And sometimes I've really moved away from it because I want to do other things. Uh, what I believe God's leading me. But I got to go back to where God showed me so I can share with people who are with me so you understand these things. Now, serving God, I believe, means separation from sickness and disease. When you make up your mind to serve God, if you really want to serve God, and it's really there in your heart to serve God, there's nothing in this world that can stand in the way. Nothing can hold you back. If you have decided in your heart, I'm going to serve the Lord, there may be hindrances in the beginning, but you're going to get where God wants you to go. Nobody's going to stand in the way. Satan cannot hold you in bondage. I don't care where you're coming from. I don't care what your past looked like. If you make up your mind that you are going to serve God, no matter what's in your life, slowly but surely, God's going to get you out. And if Satan will kill, will hold you back, God will kill his firstborn. That's what he did with the children of Israel in Egypt. Because they, God said, let my people go that they may serve me. When you serve God, God will separate you from sickness and disease. And that's what the Bible says in Exodus chapter 23 verse 25. It says, so you shall serve the Lord your God. So after he brought them out of Egypt, after he brought them out of Egypt, we have been brought out of Egypt we have been saved and we are now in Christ. After he brought them out of Egypt, uh, the purpose is for you to serve him. Service to God. Very important. That's the only purpose you were saved. To serve him. Not just to worship him, but to serve him as well. And God says, so know that you will serve the Lord your God. And he will bless your bread and your water. And I, so you see the language changed. He, then I. So God speaking, not somebody speaking for God now. God speaking. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you. If you serve me, I will take sickness away from the midst of you. 
My greatest struggle is everything that I see with my eyes. What's happening to people? What's happening to Christians? The symptoms I feel, I feel, those are the things that constantly fight against what God says. But I'm going to stay with the word of God because God says if you decide you are going to serve him, he is going to separate you from sickness and disease. So you shall serve the Lord your God. He will bless your bread and water. That means he'll take care of your business and I will separate you from sickness. That's what he said. I will take sickness away from the midst of you. Amen. You know, I was saying something on Sunday. My feeling personally is this. I will admit that I don't really have the faith. And I've been there where I'm praying, even for myself or for somebody. I know I'm praying, but I know I'm struggling. <laughs> and the faith is not there. Amen. I'm willing to accept that I'm struggling in faith than to claim I have faith and why is God not healing me? Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm not going there. I'm willing to humble myself. I know I'm str- And I've struggled sometimes. Amen? I've struggled. I'm trying to believe and I'm still struggling. I spent a good while, not too long ago, praying to God against unbelief in my own life. Being very open to you. I was praying almost every day. And I can still feel something, and I can, you know, I don't know how it is, but I'm praying against unbelief. And I repent, God forgive me for unbelief. And I tell him I believe. And that's not just not too long ago. I'm being very frank with you. Not too long ago, I did it constantly in that room there. I was praying against unbelief in my life. It's not like I was believing God for something, but there was something in me that's telling me I'm not trusting God enough. Something is not right. So I started dealing with that thing. So I'm willing to accept. Let me give you this. That kid that was brought to the Lord Jesus, you got to see the scenario here. To put it out, that's the way I like to do, see things from the scriptures. Go beyond what I'm seeing in the scripture. Know that I'm dealing with human beings and deal with it. Jesus was on the mouth of trans- transfiguration with three of his disciples. Okay? This father brought his son. I'm sure he was really excited. He wanted his son healed. Remember that? And I'm sure he's heard about Jesus. And everything that Jesus had done, he's heard that Jesus has sent his disciples out and they healed everywhere, you know. And he brought his son and they couldn't get the demon out. Remember that story? They struggled all the while Jesus was up on the Mount of Transfiguration. And when Jesus came down, he says, what's going on? That's my language, okay. And they told him, the father spoke up. I brought my son for healing. And they can get him out. And Jesus said, How long will I be with you? How long will I suffer you? How can, why can't you get this? And then he did something that shocked me in, in my mind when I should read through the scriptures. I thought he just talked to his disciples and healed the boy. He didn't do that. He spoke, started talking to the father. He was asking the father, how long has it been these boys had this problem? He didn't have to ask that. He knew. But the father's faith was up, and as the disciples struggled, his faith went way down. And he wasn't sure anymore. And Jesus needed to talk to him, bring him back where he was. And so he started asking him. 
How long? And the father went, well, he did. The devil does this to him, threw him in water, trying to kill him. And then he said, his unbelief came out. If you can do anything, can you tell the son of God if you can do anything? He says, if you can do anything, help me. Jesus said, well, the problem is your problem. All things are possible to him that believe. And the father said, I believe. And he wasn't too sure about that. Like most of us, he says, help my own belief. How many remember that scripture? And as soon as he said that, Jesus turned to the boy, got the demon out. He didn't need to do that. That's why I said, if you look at that story, if we were dealing in the church and nothing has happened, guess what we'll say? We'll say, maybe, why did God not heal? We were all praying. We, were all, we had a lot of faith. You understand what I'm saying? And God didn't heal. I have decided I'm willing to humble myself and say I was really struggling. <laughs> Amen. And if I'm struggling, let's go for fasting and prayer. Maybe God can help me. Amen. I humble myself. I'm not, I've got nothing to prove to anybody. Amen. And that's what I want from my life. We don't have anything to prove. I can't do this now. I don't know what's going on. So I go to my closet and begin to talk to the Father. If I need to fast, if it's a real problem for me, I need to fast. I'll fast. And that's what's going on. I've asked you what's going on. He'll tell you. He'll tell you. And when you come out of that place, you're loaded with faith. Because I've come to realize God cannot overlook faith. He just can't. He just can't. His person will not let him. So when you're saying something against what he says and you're asking questions, you are indicting him. But the problem is not in him. Let's be frank with ourselves. If you're not truthful to God, you never get where he wants you to go. I got to be truthful to him. I'm struggling, Father. Amen. I want to believe, but for some reason, everything I'm hearing is, is really hindering me. And you know it inside. That's why I told somebody, they may claim they are believing, but if they really are honest with themselves, the faith is not there. And I'm willing to say, I, I'm struggling. Help me. Just like that, Father. Are you okay? Just like that, Father. I'm trying to believe. I need your help. Because faith is heavenly. It's not from the earth. It's born out of the word of God. And if you humble yourself, God will lift you up. If you claim you're already there, he overlook you. And you get no help. Because he resists the proud and he gives grace to what? Humble. So important. So important. You're here tonight for a purpose. There are people who are not here. The reason you're here because God appointed this time for you to be here so you hear what you're hearing. And if you handle it well, something's going to change in your life. But if you say, well, I already know that, you have a problem. Because if you already know that, it should be working in your life. That's the truth. If it's not working, it's a clear indication you don't really understand it yet. And I'm willing to say, God, I don't understand it yet. Why can't I do that? Amen? Why am I not like that? What's going on? I see all these ministers. I ask myself and I ask God what's going on. I know he's going to get me there. But there's always a process. Many of us want to get there, but we don't want to go through the process. You just want to just lay your hands on me so I can have them. It doesn't happen that way. Otherwise, I'll tell them, all of them, to lay their hands on me at the same time. So by the time I come up, I'm bouncing all over the place with anointing. It doesn't happen that way. There is a process. 
Amen? There is a process. So God wants to separate us from sickness and disease. And the first thing he'll do is separate you from fear. So you're not afraid. No matter what the symptoms are, you just, you just have confidence that God's going to take care of you. Even if your body is falling apart, you know you're going to make it. Can God hold me falling apart? Oh, yes, he can. He just, he sure can. He's God. Who can stop him? Amen. That's why I was reading them. I, I guess I shared this. A, 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 a young fellow was in a healing meeting, and I think his thumb had been cut off. No thumb. But he was a young guy. He says to the preacher, I want, this, I want God to grow my, 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 thumb, my thumb back. Everybody's like, oh my God. But then as God started growing it, everybody stood. People were standing on their chairs so they could really see. And the thumb, it grew out. But God left it without the thumbnail so that everyone will know. It wasn't there. God put it in there. And I read that and I'm saying, oh God, <laughs> there's still a lot more that I need to know about this thing. Amen? I need to understand them. I don't, if I get to heaven, what good? I know everything then. But while I'm here, that's when I want to see it before I get there. Because once you see that going on in your life, it changes you personally. Not just the physical thing that you see. Because there is a spiritual transaction going on when God is performing a miracle right before your eyes. It changes you. It changes your life. It changes your family. It changes everything. People don't have a lot of fear of God anymore. That's another thing I was praying for. I didn't know if I didn't have, but I had to ask God. I need that fear of God in me. I need the fear of God. Because I can do certain things and we're all the same. But I need God's fear inside of me. These things cannot be manufactured here on earth. It all comes from heaven. And I don't have it until he gives it to me. So I got to ask him. You don't have because you didn't ask. And sometimes when we ask, we ask amiss. I need to know exactly what I need so that I can go forward with God. We have nothing to prove to anybody. I just need what God needs to do in my life. Amen? And he'll always do the best for me. Because if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all of these things will be added to you. Being real pensive and to, very painful, open to you tonight. Because these things are important. I don't want to be a religious person. I just, I hate that. I don't have to prove anything. I don't want to be a religious person. This is a life for me. It's not a religion. And I know I'm not perfect. The church is a hospital. Where people come to get well. <laughs> and in a hospital, there are people who are ready to be discharged the same day. And some, are, they are discharge, their discharge papers are already being signed and they are way out. And all, while they are going out, others are coming in. And everybody has different stages of wellness. Because they are listening and receiving from the doctor. And one, one sick person cannot say, oh, you, I, I just came here last week and I'm doing well, I'm about to leave. What's your problem? 
Not, do you see things like that in the hospital? And if they're going out, they say, don't worry. I'm well now. God's going to, the doctor's going to help you. going to be okay. Nobody criticize the other sick person in the hospital. The church is a hospital where we come to get well. And the doctor is Dr. Jesus. And he's dealing with everybody according to what's happening in their life. Giving them true medicine, the word of God. The more you comply, the faster you get well. The more you argue with the doctor, the longer you stay in the hospital. Mm -hmm. I guess my wife knows about that. <laughs> I need to move on. You cannot preach the gospel without preaching healing. You can't separate them. That burdened me for years. I did a lot of witnessing. And I'm talking to all of you. This is really important. Let me tell you this. It's true. It burdened me for years. You can't preach the gospel. If you really read the scriptures, you can't preach the gospel without healing. You cannot separate healing from the gospel. You can't do it. They go together. They go together. And I'm not just talking about physical healing. Sometimes the other type of healing, more, the problem is even more damaging to lives. But they go together. I don't see no difference. Whether it's a mental type healing or it's a physical healing, they're all the same. But I've got to see healing. I've got to see change, awareness. Jesus said, go and be made whole to people this is he's already healed there's a wholeness part there there's a wholeness part there but i want all of it i just don't want the sup supposed wholeness without the physical healing i gotta see all of them you can't separate them when you preach the gospel because it's a part of what god jesus came to bring to us the Bible tells us in Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5, Surely he has borne our grief. The, that Hebrew word grief there is the word coli, and what that means is sickness. Surely he had borne our sickness. This is part of what Jesus came to bear for us, not just sin, but he came to bear our sickness. And if you are going to preach the good news, you've got to preach the good news not only of sin being paid for, but sickness as well. You can't separate them. I think we're separating them so we're having more problems in the church. In the time of Peter, the problem wasn't in the church. The outsiders were bringing their patients to the church. Amen. They brought them, they even lined them on the streets so that Peter's shadow will heal them. They were not having problems in the church. The outsiders were bringing their sick to the church. That's the truth. And the question is, God, where did we go wrong? What happened to us? What happened to me? If you read the time, Paul's apron was his apron, just handkerchiefs from Paul 
handkerchiefs from Paul were casting out devils. And Christians don't even know casting out devils. Oh boy, well, what is that? Handkerchief casting out demons and Christians don't even know what that is. They act like demons have gone into hiding. Since Jesus came and died, all the demons went into hiding. But where did Paul find demons to cast out them? He says he had borne our grief. He actually carried our sickness. If you read in verse 10 of the same chapter, when God says he had put him to grief, the actual Hebrew translation, the literal translation says he had made him sick. Read it. If you get a Bible, check what it says, the real meaning of the word. That's what it says. God made him sick for us. And that's part of the gospel. That's what the Bible says here. He had, he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. That word sorrows is the word macabre. And that means pains. He, he bore them. Yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten by God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgression. That's the same part of it. He was bruised for our iniquities. That has to do with sin, the sin nature in us. He was bruised for that, so that the sin nature can be taken out of us. But then you can't stop there. It says, and by his stripes we are healed. You can't separate them. They go together. And so every time Jesus sends you out to preach the gospel, he makes sure you know you need to heal the sick. And that used to bother me. I didn't want to be a preacher. Why would I be a preacher? I can't do any of this stuff. Don't understand it. I like the witnessing part, just one to one. (laughs) But being a preacher out there, have you had to do something? And I'm saying something to you all tonight. This is what God wants. If you're going to preach his word, and every one of us here has been called to minister, you can imagine what God would do if we go to our workplace and we start laying hands on them and they're getting healed and all of that, praying for their kids, visiting them at night in the evening with their sick children. You lay your hands on them and they are healed. They go back to the office. You won't believe this, what happened to me. Brother, so this brother, this man came to my house and prayed for my kids. And he said, he came to pray for your kids for what? what? Why? And he said, well, they were sick. And what happened? They're okay now. Guess what? They all start talking in the office. And before long, they start saying, he's a holy man. <laughs> and they pray, stay away from you. That's the gospel. Amen? That's the gospel. That's the gospel. See, in, uh, in uh, Matthew 10, verse 1, he says, And when he had called his disciples to him, He gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Just like we read about Jesus, right? He went healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Before he sent them out to preach the gospel, guess what he did? He gave them power. And authority, because when you preach the gospel, you get to heal the sick as well. Can I hear an amen? That's part of preaching the gospel. That's just part of preaching the gospel. Not proving anything. He's just preaching the gospel. 
That's just preaching the gospel. And you got the power. He gave them power. How did he give to them? He did his hand and said, give me your hand. No, he just told them, I just give you power. I've just, I've just given you power. Now go. And they went out. They understood it. It's the same way he's speaking to you today. He's giving you the power to go. But you, most of us are still sitting there saying, I don't feel the power. I, you just said it. Am I supposed to believe that you now give me, I have the power? I got to feel something, don't I? Now, he, he told them and he sent them out. And guess what they did? They went and they were preaching and healing the sick. Just by listening to his word. We make things so complicated. And God cannot really reach us anymore. In verse 7 it says. And as you go. Preach. Saying. He tells them what to say. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. He actually told them what to, what to say. And then he added. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out de- demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. That's all he told them. They heard him. They went out. They told the people. The kingdom of God is come. And they healed the sick. That's the way it is. If you read it again. In Luke chapter 9, Jesus said in him, he said, Then he called his uh, 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and what? And to heal the sick. You can't separate preaching the kingdom of God from healing the sick. That's Jesus' attitude towards sickness and disease. He wants Sickness healed. You show up and sickness disappears. That's the way it is. He wants us to heal the sick. But most of the time, what we want to hear, what was it for me? I want you to preach something that's going to help me. You heard that? It's selfishness. There are people hurting out there. As you go heal them, as you care for them, God take care of you and your family because you're caring for the lost. You're not lost. They are lost. You just have a few problems. They're going to hell. If you get concerned about them and what they're going through and their destiny, eternal destiny, Believe me, God will care for you and for your family. He already said that. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He's not talking about the righteousness for you. You already got his righteousness, right? Send his righteousness out there for them. Amen? Send his righteousness out there for them. Seek first to bring that righteousness to bear. When you are saved, didn't the scripture say you have the righteousness of God? Why do you have to seek for something you already have? You already got righteousness. You can't be more righteous than anybody else. My righteousness is the same as yours. It's equal. If you tell me as a pastor, I'm more righteous than you are, I'll get my Bible while you're still speaking them out. I'm leaving you. I'm not going to listen to you. But God says, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So you go after it. After you got it, you still pursue it for them, those that are outside. 
there's nobody that's really focused on the kingdom of God and expanding the kingdom of God, God will change everything in your life. In my country, when, we were, when I was growing up, they, it was the pastors that were poor. If you're a Nigerian, you know that. The pastors were the poor ones. Today, since the gospel came with healing and all of that, guess who the rich people are? Everybody wants to be a pastor in Nigeria now, I'm telling you. That's where the rich is. The pastors, they have the jets. That's what's happening. And I know it's, God is showing to the world, if you serve me and you're focused on me, I'll bless you. I'll give you the best in life. Amen. So you do that. He wants us to preach the gospel and to heal the sick. In Luke chapter 9, he called the 12. So he first sent the 12 out, and they went and they preached the gospel and they came back. Jesus said, the field is white for harvest. Laborers are few. So after that, in Luke chapter 10, he says, after these things, after in Luke chapter 9, after he had sent out the 12, after they came back, he wanted more. So he says, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others. Apart from the 12, he appointed 70 others. And guess how he sent them out? He sent them out also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Now, let me tell you this. Every time you are sent out to preach the gospel, guess what's happening? That's where God wants to go. He sent you out there first, and as you get there, he follows you, he's right there with you. He needs you to go there first before he gets there. He sent them off before his face to go out to those places where he himself has decided, I want to go reach those people. So I'm letting you go first and I'll join you. I'll meet you right there. If you don't go, he doesn't go. You frustrate the kingdom of God. And you will pay some kind of a price. He's not going to punish you, but the enemy knows you have been disobedient and he has a right to torment you somewhere. And so you're struggling to get all your life together here. But God says, do what I ask you to do and I'll help you get your life together real fast. But we don't want to listen to that. We want to, do, we want to lean on our own understanding without obeying what God wants us to do. So he sent them out. Now, he's telling them to go the place he wants to go. But in verse 8, the same chapter, I said, whatever city you enter, he wants to come into that city, right? You think he's going to send them out and then he'll come there and heal the sick. That's not the case. He's still sending them to preach the gospel, but he wants them to heal the sick as well. That's my point here. He says, whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as, uh, as are set before you. And in verse 9, he says, and heal the sick that's healed the sick in the city, right? Whatever city you enter, if they accept you and go into one home, eat whatever is said before you, and then while you are in the city, heal all the sick in the city. Do you agree with that? Can you see that from the scripture? That's what he's saying. That's my assignment. That's my assignment. I don't have to prove anything. He sent me. I go in there. I, need to, I know he sent me to heal the sick, but he's, I'm not alone. He's with me. So I can boldly put out flyers like Angela and I do in Nigeria. Bring the blind. Bring the lame. Bring the deaf. 
bring this whatever they have. And then they come in, and then you boldly preach to them, and guess what? He heals them. He heals them. He heals them. Does that make me a better Christian than another person? Absolutely not. Not at all. I just happen to see that and I'm willing to do what he's called me to do. And he being faithful, he confirmed his word. That's just all that happened. He just confirmed his word. He's still looking for somebody to send. After he sent the 70, in Mark chapter 16, he sent every one of you. Amen? First the 12, then the 70, and then every believer. Every believer. Mark 16, verse 15 through 18. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. How did he send them before? When they preached the gospel, how were they sent? Preach and, and heal. So this couldn't be different, right? The same type of sending. To preach the gospel to every creature. Every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. Say these signs. Follow those who believe. Are you a believer tonight? Well, these signs are following you. You want to feel the power in your teeth before you believe it? <laughs> he just told them and they went out and the power was there. When he told them, I give you authority the same way. We make these things too complicated. So we don't see God at work. Amen? We don't see God at work. Try it at work. That's what the purpose of this message tonight. Try it with your friends. Amen? Do the same thing. I have something I want to show you. Because I, I found out when Angela and I was uh, uh, on this trip. Uh, I got something that God showed me. I, it was just a real secret. I've read that scripture before. And uh, I think if, you, if God allows you, uh, gives you, uh, I'm saying this, it's not like I'm better than you. But these things come by revelation, okay? And sometimes you can hear the word and still not get it. So I'm not saying, put, making you, you are down here, you cannot understand. But all I'm saying is may God give you this revelation. Because once you get this, I think you will be able to go out and start doing some things and see the results real quick. But you have to try it. Let me warn you, the very first time you decide I'm going to step out, immediately Satan tells you, what if it doesn't work? Second thing you need to watch out for, when God begins to do this, watch what's coming into your head. Because you may tend to think there's something special about you. And the enemy starts that with you. If you receive that, he'll kill you. Those are the two things to watch for. It's not in you. It's all in the Holy Spirit. But I, I pray that we get there, I can share that with you. But he sent them out. These signs follow them that believe. They shall cast out devils. You can't do it. They shall speak with new tongues. That's why I believe, if you are a believer, I don't have to pray with you to receive the Holy Spirit. You stand there, ask the Father, and just begin to speak in tongues. You are a believer, you should speak in tongues. They shall speak with tongues. 
with new tongues. Every believer can do that. The reason they are not doing that, they don't believe that word. Amen. But if you believe, you can just stand up there and start speaking in tongues. Because you are believe, a believer. You believe. They shall speak with new tongues, Jesus said. They will take up serpents. And please don't go look for poisonous snakes. <laughs> I'll visit you in the hospital when they're trying to help you. But if one bites you, I don't have to worry about dying. I, I really believe that strongly. And I'm not going searching for uh, poisonous snakes. But if I'm doing something and something bites me, or a spider, that's, that little spider can't kill me. It's just not possible. Amen? God can neutralize that. If you, if you eat anything that is poisonous, God can also deliver you. It says, um, if you drink anything deadly, it will no, by no means hurt you, hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. That's the way it is. But let me share this scripture with you in, uh, Paul, about Paul. Paul in Romans 15, 18 through 19 says, For I will not dare to speak of any of those things. I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me. I don't want to talk about those things. That Christ has not accomplished through me. In word and in deed. To make the Gentiles obedient. Amen. What God did through me. Forced the Gentiles to be obedient. That's the important thing. That's the key. I'm not going to speak of those things. That God, Jesus, is not done in me. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me in word and deed to make the Gentiles obedient. How? In mighty signs and wonders by the power, that's a secret there, by the power of the Spirit of God. Signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and around and, and round about Alaricum, that's a tough word, Alaricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. How are you going to say you have fully preached the gospel of Christ? Where are the signs? To make them obedient. These are some of the scriptures I knew years back and they bothered me. They, they were eating me alive and I'm thinking, God, how can I fulfill if you're calling me to ministry? What about this? What about this? You're with me tonight? What about this? If you're not thinking in terms of this, that's okay. But if you really want Jesus to, to use you here in this world before you depart, so that your life is not just supposedly, please pardon the language, ordinary, no power of the Holy Spirit demonstration in your life. I need this. And I don't have to be a preacher to do this. I don't have to be a preacher. I was preaching before God called me into preaching. I went to churches and prayed for the sick. And God was healing them. I didn't see as much of it like I'm seeing 
uh, right after I got into full-time ministry. And I've read ministers also that started off before they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Few people got healed. But after that, he just, didn't, he just increased greatly. But if you don't think in terms of miracles, God will never do it for you. And you'll never understand it. But it's important to begin to pay attention to the scriptures. Not only to go out and do this but for your life because the enemy will attack sometimes. There's always an evil day coming. If you cannot stand on the evil day, then your strength, according to the sun, is small. And the only way to get your strength up is to pay attention to some of these things because the evil day will come and fear will grip your life. It's so easy to just, you know, I don't need that now. But there's an evil day coming and you need to be able to stand. The thing about this is the word scripture, be it unto you according to your faith. So it can happen to Christians also because they are not believing. My people perish. Why? For lack of knowledge. Well, if you have knowledge, you'll have faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Your faith comes through that. But just hearing it is not going to build faith. It's paying attention to, to that and praying, spending time with God for this scripture that's bothering you. What's going on, God? Spending time and studying and go back again and read them. And before long, the unbelief is, is, it just evaporates. And you, you lose the fear. You just lose the fear. And nothing bothers you so that you can go out and let God use you. I can't get to it today. But next Wednesday, I'm going to share something that God showed me um, about dealing with the devil when it comes to healing. Because I'm still growing. I'm learning more and more. There comes so that once you know it, and I need you to go out and start practicing. If you are a prayer partner, maybe this is the place to practice. But I really would like you to practice at work with your friends. Practice. Amen? Practice. You see me do stuff here with people with back pain? But do that. Do that. When they complain of back pain, do that. Pray for them. And instantly they are healed. The next Sunday they want to go to church with you. Amen. I like this place full. <laughs> I like this place full. But we're not just doing this here in church. We need to take it out. Where they are. And help them. Amen. Stand up with me tonight. There is something that the Holy Spirit does once your mind is set like this, where you totally lose the fear. And uh, sometimes you come out and then you look at what's happened and you are amazed at what you're, how you're acting and behaving. And uh, it's totally outside you. You know, uh, if you were here on Sunday, Mama was telling you all that I told, I brought, I brought this little boy, they brought this little kid that couldn't work. And I just passed them to her, to her and I said, make him walk. I don't even remember I did that. She was reminding me. 
But I do remember they brought a blind person and I turned that blind person to one of us and I told him, you pray for her. I actually saw them bringing that blind person. I've shared this here before. But it's, it's not in us. It's in Christ. Jesus is truly alive. Once you realize that and you start walking with him, you will begin to draw away from the things that are attracting the world and start focusing on him and what he can do through you. That's the important thing. That's Christianity with power so that we are not ordinary and trying to solve spiritual problems with natural means. And it only solves, takes care of the symptoms for a while and they go right back and there's no result. I want to live beyond that. Why? Because God lives in me. Check this scripture out. John 14. John 14, I believe is verse 20. It says, in that day, and I'm going to keep saying that scripture until it gets into you. I want that scripture to eat me up. And I want to eat that scripture up. So if you hear me repeating that scripture, please bear with me. It's not for you, it's for me. Okay, <laughs> You can take it. That's what it is. In that day, you will know that I, Jesus said, I am in the Father. And you are in me. And I am in you. That means I am in the Father as well. So when I show up, guess who shows up? God the Father shows up. And what, what cancer, what disease can stand in the presence of the Lord Jesus? But I need to renew my mind. So I think in terms of that. So when I touch you, it's not me touching you. Guess who is touching you? Jesus himself. And he's never touched anybody and they stay the same. Amen? That's who you are. That's who you are. You are not ordinary. Because if you believe that you are ordinary, you will act ordinary. But if you believe that Jesus, you carry Jesus, your attitude is going to change. And God, the Spirit of God, He will begin to do new things in your life and in your family. All things are yours according to the Scriptures. All things are yours means I lack nothing. I got all things. Today, I'm so blessed. We know we got a church, a lot of people. If I am in trouble today, I know there are people here that love me. I already know them. I'm so wealthy today. They'll do anything for me. Amen. Because they love me. And I love them. So I got everything. If I say in the church, I, I, I don't have any shoe to wear these days guess what's going to happen the next sunday i'm sure somebody's going to buy me some new shoes i'm a very wealthy man you know <laughs> put your hands up to the lord tonight and praise him it's about the love of god no condemnation no condemnation don't ever feel condemned the purpose is to reach out that's what we are here for we're going to be reaching out to them because we have all things all things are yours paul says all things belong to us so don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. Don't despise the days of small beginning. God is with you. No matter where you are, God is with you. No matter what you've done, He doesn't hold it against you. God is not angry with you. God is not angry with your past. Let your past go. Don't hold on to it. The new day has arrived. And the Lord is speaking today 
a new day has arrived. Don't condemn yourself. Forget your past. The flower in your life is about to blossom. And God is about to use you in great and mighty ways beyond what you will know. Father, I thank you tonight. Holy Spirit, I thank you tonight. We hate religion, but we love the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a life for God, and we want to please you. In everything that we do, we want to please you. In word and in deed, we want to please you. The way we live our lives, the way we minister to people, we want to please you. We want the Gentiles to be obedient to your word as you walk in us and walk through us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, I want to thank you for great ministries. Can you please tonight begin to dream right here as we stand how God's going to be using you in the Ark Fellowship to minister, see yourself ministering, casting out devils, healing the sick, bringing the lost to the Lord, encouraging them, blessing them. I pray that upon your life today in Jesus' name. I pray that that will consume you so that you forget your problems. And then as you forget your problems, your problems will forget you and get out of your life so that you can be free to do what God has called you to do. Your problems will forget where you are and they're gone from your life. Amen. Amen. Seek you first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. You guys, you are so precious to me. I love every one of you. God put you in my life. I will always know you through eternity. Through eternity. You are a part of my life. And I always will be a part of your life. I will always love you by the grace of God. And I know you by the grace of God also you will love me. And we are in this thing together. The Ark Fellowship is just what God has provided to put us together in this time, in the scheme of his work. This is what God has done. And these things are marvelous in his sight. Let's go feeling really strong because a new day has arrived. God's going to use us greatly. Great things will happen in your life. And right here at the Ark Fellowship. God bless you. We're dismissed.